today. I am here to give you the assurance that I have not forgotten you. If we want to see the new evangelization become more than just jargon, if we want to see it grow legs and gain traction and change the world, we have got to take seriously our responsibilities as husbands and fathers and especially as sons of God. I want to propose to you then that something that our world is desperately in need of in the midst of this crisis is Catholic Christian masculinity. If you want to be a good father, then bring your children to confession with you. I can't get there unless I become a man of ascesis, a man of asceticism, a man of training. A man not doing penance, a man not disciplined, he's not a man. You guys have upped your game. You know what, guys, I gotta say, I, I love this the concept of man show. Warning, the Catholic Man Show is about to begin. Welcome to the Catholic Man Show. We're on the Lord's team, the winning side. So raise your glass. Shout out to all the men who are doing Excess 90 in the Northeast. <laughs> uh, respect. Much respect to you guys. You know, we did a conference in uh, outside of in Wista, outside of Boston, not too long ago. Do you mean Worcester? No, I mean Wista. Wista? Uh, and turns out the water is much colder over there, uh, and so the cold showers are there's some extra ex- grace. extra grace in that in those extra cold graceful. Showers. I mean, cold really, showers. it's like lucky. Yeah, I'm so jealous of you guys. Yeah. You guys get all that extra grace. Uh, I'm over here. It's just not even fair. Trying, but just can't get there. Yes, you guys so, need to share some of the grace. Uh, I'm assuming that. Uh, People in North Dakota, Montana, Wyoming, Canada all share all, the same experience. First of all, I actually don't feel very sorry for people who live in North Dakota because, like, you live in North Dakota, okay? I, to this day, I understand now, like, we have modern homes, like, central heating. What I can't figure out is, like, about 100 years ago, when mm-hmm. people were, like, moving across the country, mm-hmm. my dates might be wrong, but they got there. And said, "This is it, guys. Pitch the tent. I think uh, the homestead's I, yeah, here. <laughs> exactly. I think uh, we'll stay here. Yes, we like negative twenty degree weather. Yeah, it's like I don't get it, but hey, so you know. Yeah, I don't know. That was, uh, but that was an for experience all, for all I, folks. I guess. I, I guess I just did not realize how cold water can be without freezing. Until then." You know, and that water is probably only like 40 degrees. Uh, I don't know, yeah. Like w- water, it, it hurts. It hurts. Uh, even like 50 degree water. You, you get hypothermia in 50 degree water. 50-50-50. If you're in 50 degree water for 50 minutes, there's a 50% chance you have hypothermia. Man. How about that? Boy Scouts. There you go. The, back, things, the things you back remember. Back whenever it was with, for boys. Yeah. And people knew what that was. Right. So uh, today is Palm Sunday, 
that we're recording this. We're recording yes, this but on it, Palm Sunday. Regardless, it's Holy Week. It's Holy Week. I just wanted to tell a story about what happened in Mass today. Very well. Because So the liturgy, uh, we did it a little differently. We started outside the church for mm-hmm. that entrance gospel reading. Um, and then we processed all together into the church. So it's a little bit chaotic when you've got the whole... It's like the land run. You know it how, was a little bit you know, like a land like run. like how, you know, at the beginning with Oklahoma, we said, like, all this Indian territory, we're going to just auction this. I mean, it, it, if you can get there, it's yours. Right. Same scenario with pews this morning. Right. And you're, like, going to your seat, just trying to be polite, trying to resist that thought of, like, somebody better not sit in my seat. And not throw elbows. Right, you know. Um, so we got to our pew. You know, which is, you know, it's our pew, all right? right? It has Niall's name on it. Right. We paid for it or something. I don't know. Uh, And there's a lot of people that hate, like, uh, you're still like, okay, yeah, you, whatever. But like, I'll bet they still sit in mostly the same place. Like, it's not just church. When you go to, when you were in college, you sat in this, you know, like, you just show up in a classroom. You probably sat in the same place all the time. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's familiar. So in the pew that we sit in, is a large one, and it's, uh, you know, my family, uh, Pamela's parents, my parents, and my sister and her kids. So there's there's eight children and six adults. It's all beautiful, though. It's, it's great, the, and it's the... like we're all a, f- a family. We can all sit together in this big pew. It's, it's awesome. Right. Um, and so today, in the chaos, my uh, the, um, my wife's parents were already there, and and so there was this lady. She's never been to St. Benedict's before. She's visiting. Mm. Uh and I think her name was April. She was coming down the aisle and sees this pew, which with just, you know, like this couple uh, about her age. And she's mm-hmm. like, wait, I'll sit here. Mm-hmm. At that moment, she walks into the pew. What she didn't realize is that the Dvorak's, my sister and her family, were right behind her, right behind her, mm-hmm. about to <laughs> come in. And as soon as she walks into this pew, uh, Pamela and I also enter the pew on the other side. So, so she get, she goes she supposed to get landlocked. Right, she did. <laughs> she went from going like, "Oh, here's a nice open pew," to going like, "What happened?" <laughs> it's like a setup. <laughs> and immediately, so when Pamela and I see this lady like filing into the pew, is like, "Oh no, this poor woman. She has no idea what's about to happen to her." And so we just started laughing because immediately all of our kids like walk to the other side to go sit with their cousins and like it's a little bit chaotic with sure. our, and she's watching all these kids like violent <laughs> like, like who are the these kids? Trap family like she, what's happening right, who are these kids like walking by me what are you doing you know and then she puts it together and she starts she she was first of all she loved it okay so good right good, good, it could have gone either way right uh but she she thought it was wonderful because it really is nice to get to see all these there's uh, seven girl cousins that are all very close in age, you know. Anyway, that was just a pretty funny story. But she, did she uh, hang tight? She did. Oh, she stayed. Good. She did say, oh, do you want me to leave? leave? And everyone was like, no, come no, on. Out. You're in the family now. Like, I'm not getting up. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> We're not moving. Right. <laughs> so it was just pretty funny. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that is. It's always funny when that happens. Uh, same, same with us. We have we have a pew, you know. Right. We, we, your dad, your parents, fair, they didn't they didn't make it. They weren't quick enough. They were they 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 didn't. Were actually, they sitting with? They were sitting with. They were uh, sitting with, with my, your my sister. My sister, yeah, yeah. and brother in law. Uh, they didn't. We were not originally planning on going to the nine a.m. mass today. Oh. Um, but we had a change of plans uh, at the last minute, so we called an audible. What were you gonna do? Uh, just, we were just gonna skip. 
<laughs> uh, no, uh, we were going to go to 5 p.m. It was going to be uh, Luke's fishing tournament today, and uh, it got canceled because the tournament got canceled. Yes, because of the the severe wind. We've been having some crazy wind. Yeah, and so I decided uh, to take my greenhouse down on Friday. It was probably a good call because it blew. O- it broke. Right. It's broken. That's blew a, over. Yeah, that stinks. It's like, well, I guess I'll take that down since it's already down. Yeah. <laughs> it's about time anyway. Okay, so tonight we're uh, drinking a bourbon. Yes. I'm going to switch. I think we've been I've already having... been drinking it. Oh, oh okay. Sorry. Uh, we are uh, having Jefferson's Reserves. It's the Pritchard Hill Cabernet Cask Finish. So it's their eight-year, it's Jefferson Reserves' eight-year whiskey okay. that they finish for 12 months, roughly. Oh, that's a long time. And uh, a Cabernet, in, in Pritchard Hills, Cabernet cask drink. Now, I'm, what they do is... I'm excited to know what the price is on this, bi- on this okay. bottle. Okay. Well, but what they do is, uh, I, I forget where it's supposed, where, it, where it's uh, barreled, but it's really hot, and they do it in the summer. Mm-hmm. To really get, get a lot of expansion, yeah, get a lot of expansion and get it uh, to go into the wood and, and then back right. out uh-huh. uh, over those twelve months, and so that's why you can see it's like it has almost like this very red, got tint. a great color, yeah, a red tint to it for the Cabernet. And Pritchard Hill is known, you know, in the Napa Valley area to have very, very nice uh, red, red okay. Cabernet um, wines. It's to- top of the hill, so it has high elevation and. Um, I don't know. I, I'm not. A, I'm not a wine guy, but apparently yeah. that helps with the 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 way grapes grow. With like the wine, the wine, yeah. the fermentation the of, the, of the of the wine. Right. So, uh, and I got to give a shout out to uh, actually this bottle was bought for me uh, for in uh, congratulations for John Dominic. Oh, uh, by guys that I work with at Chancery, Deacon Garlic, Doctor Malosh, Doctor Aaron Henderson. All three have been nice. on our, our. Oh, and David Dean. So all everybody that bought it for me has been on. They've on been the on Catholic, our show. Yeah, been on, been on the Catholic Man Show. Uh, but yeah, so they all pitched in and bought this bottle of uh, of whiskey for me. Do you know what the cost is? On it? I think it's about roughly seventy dollars. Okay, because Jefferson uh, Reserve is typically not. It's a, typically a, a, a very affordable. Well, their their main line, yes. Yeah, uh, all of their. Uh, extra bottled and things like that. Their ocean, re- ocean man, what is it called? Ocean Reserve or something like that uh-huh. uh, that they have is like 140 bucks. No kidding. Yeah, I mean they have a lot of really high like that's that's kind of strange that entry, you would have that you'd have your like you know uh, main dish is is like 35 yeah like bucks. 35 bucks and then but then they quickly jump up to the they have a 70 dollar okay. range and then they have like 130 150 dollar range yeah so more well, on the Lord's team the winning side so raise your glass cheers cheers, cheers to Jesus cheers Jim. Cheers. So yeah, like we said, it's a very dark red. Mm. It's really mellow on the nose. Yeah, you can get the dark uh, fruit notes to it, the the cherries, the raisins. Mm. It's, uh, it's very inviting. Of, yeah. Yeah. It's also delicious. Mmm. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's why I was so excited to hear the price, because I was really hoping it was going to be like, $40! You know, it's like... That is really uh, pleasant. Yeah, I, it's uh, you said seventy five, seventy. I think seventy. I mean, that's wow. a fa- it's a fantastic, fantastic bourbon. When we get back, we're gonna hear the yummy scale on this. Yeah, I think it's gonna be relatively high. We'll see. We'll be right back. What, what are you doing, Jim? Is that Father Nicholas? Yeah.
Since the earliest centuries, Catholics have been called to sanctify the home by making it a little church. Family meals, shared gathering spaces, and the most mundane tasks, all of these are to be taken up into the higher dimension and bathed in prayer. But in the modern world, it is easy to lose sight of this fact and shape our homes around the latest consumer trends. In Living Beyond Sunday, the Niles and Minahan families take the mystery and guesswork out of the domestic church, showing you how to sanctify your home simply, wisely, and practically. Every Catholic family should own a copy of this book. That endorsement is from Sam Guzman, the Catholic gentleman. Go check out our new book that we have out by Ascension Press, ascensionpress.com, Living Beyond Sunday, Making Your Home a Holy Place. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles here with Adam Minahan. We are Sans Juan. We do have Jimbo Baggins in the house. And Jimbo, what's the yummy scale on this Jefferson Reserve? You're a bourbon guy. Yeah, 4.8. 4.8. 4.8 yummies. I, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know if we've ever had a 4.8 recorded on the yummy scale. I think scale. last week we said a 4, and we were like, what? This is 4.8. Now we're at a 4.8. We're in, we're in new, ter- new territory right here. So I, I Uncharted just, waters. Yeah. Speaking of uncharted waters. Okay. That makes me nervous. I'm getting two cows tomorrow. Yes. I'm pretty excited about it. That's going to be interesting. Yeah. Uh, the, the kids, we've been... They, when we found out today that we're doing it tomorrow. The stockyards, Monday, it's the only... Uh, all, you know, it's every Monday, that's the auction. So are like, you all your fences up? Yeah, the fences okay. are up. I still have some to repair. Because you know, like in areas where fences, the, the the cows, they don't they, know what is your yard. Yeah, right. Yeah, I got that. I do have fences to repair in areas where They're the like, cows no, will not be. We're good. I got a uh, shot collar on for them. Right. <laughs> I don't know if that would work or not. It's like you know, how, like when a dog's in your yard, when <laughs> the dog's in your yard, it obeys. Right. So it should be fine. It should be all right. But uh, we're pretty excited. The kids were thrilled that it's actually happening tomorrow right okay. so we're all gonna go okay. to the auction you gonna name one tinder one loin yeah so they asked can we they asked like well can we name them and i said sure i mean but you gotta remember we're gonna kill them mm-hmm. and eat them so i just want you to know that i try to use like blunt language mm-hmm. to set the right precedent you know don't okay. get the wrong notion about this animal okay so Did they receive it well they kind of said yeah, yeah. Can we still name it? And I was like, "Go for it." Yeah. What are they gonna name it? I don't know. Probably something dumb. <laughs> <laughs> they're not the best at naming things. Well, actually, they're. That's not it. It'll probably be. If history is a, you know, guide, it'll be something very girly. Sure. Uh, but so I, I don't know that they've ever. They don't have much practice naming boys, and I'm gonna. I'm probably gonna. I'm gonna try to get two steers. So. Okay. Uh. We'll see. I don't know. I'll let you know. I'll report back. Okay. Brisket is a good name. I like that. And that's a great name. Yeah. I think associating it with the food mm-hmm. is is a good. Yeah. And sirloin, like sir. And loin. Sirloin. Yeah. 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 I like that as well. Yeah. I don't I, know. I'd p- pitch those ideas and see what happens. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to let it. I'm just going to let it happen. Because I don't, I don't really. Be girl names. I don't really care what they named the cows. <laughs> They'll end up being girl names. To- totally fine with me. Yeah. 
Uh, Jim also wanted to let, uh, remind us, he, or he did remind us, and he wanted us to let you know that we have a shop. So if you go to catholicmanshow.com slash store, you can find some of our stuff. We still have beanies, hats, a few hats left. Uh, we have some t-shirts, hoodies. Uh, obviously, the Catholic Man Show Glen Karen glasses etched with lasers with the Catholic Man Show logo on it. The the best party uh, like drinking vessel you can uh, you can get have. Out of the glare. And it's then we also good. have uh, sixteen ounce beer can beer glasses, also phenomenal for just drinking water That's right. or anything else. Also important to remember when you receive a package from us after ordering something in our store, make sure to save the box. Because after Jim dies and he's declared a saint, that will be a, at least a third-class relic. Yes. At least. At least. I mean, it depends on how long the box spent I mean, in his home. Jim, also, just FYI, Jim is our shipping and logistics manager as well as our bodyguard. So we're not Amazon, right? So if you order something or you become a patron, because all patrons uh, that are $10 or more a month get a Catholic Man Show Glen Karen glass for free as a thank you gift. Uh, but... We're also not Amazon, so you gotta give us a couple weeks, uh, you know, maybe maybe three, four weeks for us to get everything out. Uh, so, just I know that's not normal. That's not the normal thing. We're accustomed. Get it. Other people are better at it. Yeah, than, we're accustomed to like that instant frame, gratification, but, but that's not us. So, yeah, that's true. Anyway, uh, CatholicManshow.com. You can find it there. Yeah, support our show. That'd be awesome. That would be awesome. We'd appreciate it. So what are we talking about today, Adam? You want you want to jump in? Anything else? I do feel like there was something else I was going to say, but I don't mm. remember what it is. I do want to talk about something else real fast. All right. Dave and I have reached a new level in our show. I don't know if it's causation or correlation. I'll let you guys be the judge. But it appears when Dave and I travel by plane... And we order a drink on the plane. We do not have to pay for it. It's Studies are still determining the cause, whether it is uh, simply the divine will. Whether it is the Catholic man show. Because of our outrageous fame. Or and as ridiculously a, good looks. Which is, I think, viable. But And as a control, they're also testing coincidence. Just as a control, as because a control. that's, I mean, we all know that's not it. But three, at least on Southwest, if you want to fly, fly Southwest because they don't make you pay for your drinks, all right? <laughs> that's just what it comes down to. If you have their stock, sell. Right. That's what I said. Like I'd be selling stock because they're just giving alcohol away like crazy on this airline. We ordered uh, one on our way home from Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Didn't have to pay for it. Then on on our way back from Boston, we, and we were like, "What nice guys!" Yeah, they just like let us order it. Like, they didn't and, make and, us pay, and we were like, "I think they forgot." Right? Like, when has this ever happened? Like, we lucked out. This is this is what a great day, big time. You know, because it's like, oh, we're landing. I guess we don't have to. I guess we're not paying for our drinks. All right. So then on our way home from Boston, two flights in a row. So really, three flights in a row on Southwest. Where we, we ordered, ordered drinks. We ordered drinks. And the one from St. Louis to Tulsa, I looked around because, you know, the writing was starting to be on the wall. And there was a lot of people who ordered drinks. Nobody paid for them. Well, they knew it was on the house on us. Or something. Uh, 
So anyway, that's been cool. <laughs> so if you want to have us out for your Catholic Men's joke or your uh, Catholic Men's conference, hopefully we can fly Southwest, and that'd be great. Yeah, get some free drinks. Explain that you were flying on a feast day for Exodus night. Oh yes, so we it were, was it was the Annunciation uh, and well, a Sunday and a Sunday. Yes, so we did not do anything illegal according to Exodus ninety. Yeah. Yeah, we don't want to scandalize fo- any. We're still following the guidelines. Yeah, Exodus youngsters we have, out there. We're very. Uh, we're at the home stretch. Happy day, eighty four. Eighty four. Yep. Uh, okay, so yeah, so I want to make a defense today, tonight, that every man is called to be an intellectual man. Okay. Go ahead. Uh, I would like to uh, throw out a few suggestions this is based off of this is a phenomenal little book if you are um starting like if you maybe if you, maybe you just came into the catholic church and you, you start realizing all the uh catholic giant intellectual giants that the church has produced mm-hmm. uh maybe you don't even or know some even of them. maybe some people at your parish who like wow that guy is, knows a lot right and and maybe you have been let's just say reading Scott Hahn and, and uh, Dr. Edward Tree and like all these like really great Catholic, you know, modern writers. And you're Brent like, Petrie, Brant Petrie, another, another great one. And you're like, I want to, I want to go deeper. I want to go back earlier. Uh, and you're trying to formulate your intellectual life. You're trying to, to make a plan on like, how, what do I do? How do I do this? And you start realizing, uh, I don't, I'm not even sure where to start, right? You know, you have Aquinas, you have Augustine, you have Bonaventure, you have uh, Bernard of Clairvaux, you have uh, St. Teresa of Avila, you have Lazoo, you have like all these different, like, just beautiful, intelligent, yeah. holy Catholics throughout the ages. And you just don't even know where to begin. Mm-hmm. Not to mention, like, obviously the Bible, which should be where you should start. Oh, yeah. You know, St. Peter, St. Paul, you know, uh, all these phenomenal catholic intellectual uh thinkers it can be overwhelming it can be something yeah. that uh, you can you can literally start anywhere you, you can like you can uh but any I, of those people. i think that it's in, I, I think it, it's beneficial to really think through before you start you know have the end in mind you know be intentional about the way you think okay on yeah. on, on your studying uh you know for instance, right now we're reading Homer. You, 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 and I, and a couple of other men in a Sunday Great Books group, mm-hmm. and we're reading Homer because Homer is like kind of the the starting point of Western culture, right? Yeah. And we can't really read Plato yet without reading Homer because Plato is referencing Homer a lot. So if you if you read Plato without reading Homer, you kind of miss some things, mm-hmm. and, and it's not as rich. So we read Homer, so that way you can read Plato, and you read Plato, so that way you can read Aristotle, and you read Aristotle, so that way you can read Boethius, and you read Bo- you know, and it goes on and on and on, right? Okay, so I think that's a good, good uh, plan, a good way to go about your intellectual life, uh, a, a way of of starting to read literature. Mm-hmm. I also think, though, that it can be overwhelming. And I I know that there are a lot of men out there who are incredibly busy, and don't right. have a reading schedule. They're they're listening to us and be like, yeah, that would be really nice to have a, to be able to sit down and read, mm-hmm. right? To pour scotch, light a fire, 
and you know sit by the hearth and just read. Yeah, honestly, that's why I stopped listening to podcasts a couple years ago. Well, don't do that, or at least don't or dial. I dialed it way back. I yeah. do. I listen. Listen I, to the Kathleen Man show. Obviously, Natural. obviously, but uh, I started just uh, listening to audiobooks because I mean the same. We're going to be talking about mostly nonfiction today. But there's a similar path on on, on, on the on fiction, fiction side of of, of the scales, right? right. And you realize you start realizing that authors are talking to one another, right? Throughout it's, the course it's, of it's history, this great conversation that's taking place, right? right. Um, so anyway, so when we get back, I want to start broad, and we'll go to specific. Broad to specific, yes. And uh, I want to talk about this book that uh, I, I briefly referenced in this section. We'll talk about it more on the other side of the break. More than 60,000 men from around the world have journeyed through Exodus 90 together with their brothers. Priests, bishops, singled men, married men, Catholics, non-Catholics alike. One of the things we love receiving are emails from guys who signed up to do Exodus 90 through the Catholic Command Show and let us know how much freedom they've experienced once they go through the program. And it makes sense, right? Here's how it works. And these are the things that we talk about all the time on the Catholic Man Show, which is why we love promoting Exodus 90. They have three pillars. The, a pillar of prayer, a pillar of asceticism, and a, a pillar of fraternity. And through those three pillars, they help men grow closer to Christ, to their spouse, to their children, and to their friends. Closer to that man that God has called them to be. So go check out Exodus 90. They have Exodus 90 Lent as well. It's Exodus90.com slash TCMS for the Catholic Mantra. TCMS. Thank you to Exodus90 for being a sponsor of the Catholic Mantra. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. Sipping on a little bit of Jefferson's Reserve. Pritchard Hills Cabernet Cask Finish. It's so good. It's a delicious burger. Really, really loving it. It's getting a little spicier, I think. It's nice. It has a very, it's very well balanced of sweet, sp uh, spice. There's, it, everyone will like this, would like this bourbon. I, I think. think so too. Yeah. Uh, okay, so uh, before the end of the break, I, I, I was mentioning that tonight I'm going to, I'd like to discuss the intellectual life. Okay. And uh, the importance of it. And I think that the intellectual life or the intellectual man is something that sounds very intimidating. I think that it sounds like that it's not for every every man, every Catholic man. Sure. And that's just not true. Uh -huh. I think that we conflate sometimes acad academia with the like with just the intellectual life. Mm -hmm. And those are two different things. Right. But just when you think of oh the intellectual man, you immediately think of the academia world. Sure. And I, I, I want to dispel that thought. I want to disabuse people. I want to at notion. least like create a uh, like a, a valley between the two, okay, to where you can you can separate and understand that there is a difference, and that we're all called to the intellectual life. I try to use the word disabuse as much as I can. Okay, this is a really great opportunity, and I am really really thankful that it happened to me today. Good. Okay, so speaking of intellectual life, or at well, least, yeah. or at least posing as one, <laughs> and everything is going very immensely. <laughs> so we're just gonna throw out words. Okay, <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> um, okay, so this book that I uh, I have come across, and they read in the 
uh, diaconate formation here in the Diocese of Tulsa and Eastern Oklahoma, at least parts of it. It's called The Intellectual Life. It's Spirits, Conditions, and Methods. It's by a Dominican priest. I am going to butcher the name, but, but it's A.G. Sertelanges. Oh, you did. I mean, I don't know what it is either, but it ain't that. Let Sir, me see. Sir, I would say uh, Sertelanges. Sertelanges. Okay. Yeah. But I don't know. I also um, don't know. It's That's a crazy name. It's a French Dominican. I am starting to really enjoy some of the French Dominicans. Oh, yeah? Uh, just their writing style. Uh, you know, obviously Lagrange, Caribou. Right. The Caribou. Oh, the Caribou, yeah. Uh, and then him. There's a couple others that I've, I've come across where they're very concise, but they're not uh, heady. They're not, they're not too superfluous. Okay, nothing is, is what they say. Well, they're, well, that's not true. That's what, anyway, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go down that road. Uh, anyway, so he, he talks about, so this whole book is, he makes a defense for uh, the intellectual vocation, so that he, hmm, he calls okay. that we're all called to the, uh, uh, a vocation of the intellectual life, regardless of your uh, state in life, regardless if you are a monk. What's his, rationa- what's his rationale? Is it because we're made as rational creatures and therefore we're all, we're all called, called, called to the to, intellectual life? Correct. Yes. Uh, and obviously there's I guess I don't even need to read the book. <laughs> you know what? Uh, I'm not reading it. I'll just read the chapter headings. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Yes, that makes sense. Yeah. So he so he makes the the defense that they're that we're all body soul you know we're body soul composites, and that we think and experience reality uh, with our whole being, right? And so mm, yes. He, and so as we do that, which is different than what Plato says. Plato says uh, that w- our thoughts come from our soul, um, which is interesting. But um, that is interesting. But that that because knowledge is uh, a part of every facet of our day, and that we are body soul creatures, and that the more and he makes the 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 you know the the line of argument is that uh, the more we are in tune with reality, the closer we get to reality. Reality is truth. Truth is a creator. You know, truth is a person, namely the person of Jesus Christ, who is our cre- You know, who is our creator. Uh, God the Father, the creator of, of everything. And uh, so the closer that we get to reality, thus the closer we actually get to our creator, uh, namely God. Mm-hmm. And so uh, as we are attuning our appetites and our faculties to that which is true, we have a better understanding of truth, and we can fall deeper in love with that truth. Thus, uh, we are all called to the intellectual life. Well said. Uh, well, that's not me that said that. But so he also makes this really. I, I think this was beautiful. So here's what he says. He says, "How can we manage to think rightly with a sick soul? So if our soul is unhealthy, yeah, how can we uh, think about making wise decisions, prudent decisions, uh, good decisions in general?" Uh, observations of reality how can we think that we're doing that right if our soul is not rightly ordered so he says uh i'm quoting here how will you manage to think rightly with a sick soul a heart ravaged by vice pulled this way and that by passions dragged astray by violent and guilty love yeah 
Um, so we shouldn't be dating the daughters of gluttony. Correct. Jim. That's he a broke up. Back. Guys, he broke up he with broke them. Up okay? with her. He broke up with them. He broke up with her. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> when he did it, he did use the, it's not you, it's me. It's me. <laughs> <laughs> but he still did it. Um. So anyway, so uh, so he says, "Why be an intellectual? This is this is the reason why. If we're if we're wanting to tune ourselves with reality, and we ha- and we're living, a, if we're not living a moral, virtuous life, then there's no way we can actually see reality for what it truly is." Mm, yeah, I totally agree. Um, I think, and this is this is uh, uh, what happens in in today's world when we have this nihilistic, uh, materialistic type of. Uh, thought process right is that we consume we 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 take we take we take we give in to all of our passions and desires Mm -hmm. and we can't see anything outside of uh what i want right we can't see anything outside of uh, what pleases me and gratifies me i mean don't you think that a lot of that is a symptom of the way we live our lives today uh where we don't we have insulated ourselves from reality we we have we experience a derivative of reality Instead of reality itself, right? You know, mm-hmm. friendship is mediated through a screen, right. um, where you know, we have literally adopted the idea that food comes from the store. You know, like right, it it comes from the earth, from the ground, and you know. So there's just so many things about that, you know, that where we have kind of created, I think, these symptoms in the choices that we've made. Um, mm-hmm. And if you look at them individually, it's like, okay, well, a lot of those choices are good, right? There's they're good in, of themselves, but we need to moderate our our use of them. And how do we know how to do that? It's pursuing exactly what we're talking about tonight. Right. Aquinas actually says, The exercise of the moral virtues, uh, of the virtues by which our passions are held in check, you know, so our appetites are held in check, our mm-hmm. passions and desires are held in check, is of great importance to the acquisition of knowledge. So, like, in order, he, I mean, he makes this whole case. I think there's 16... He goes into the 16 different articles, I think, uh, on this whole topic. Hmm. One of the, I think one of the most, uh, these, uh, Thomas will, will probably want to uh, probably correct me on this, but I think it's one of the most articles on a single question. Oh, really? In the Summa. But he, he goes through this whole understanding of like, you cannot actually acquire true knowledge without living the moral life. Hmm. Uh, so, but, but he makes, so uh, this Dominican makes this, um, this claim that concentration is absolutely necessary to live out one's vocation. That concentration is part of your vocation. That reminds me of uh, Montessori, like Catechesis of the Good Shepherd. One of the things they say is concentration leads to contemplation. That, and, but that's, why do we teach them that? Right, exactly. You teach your because children. It's reality. You know, like a lot of it is just fine motor skills stuff that they're working on. It's like, what does this have to do with religion? Well, uh, you know, it's, there's a whole philosophy behind it, which is actually very beautiful and, and rich. The contemplation, concentration. If you need to learn to concentrate on something so that you can contemplate the important truths in life. Right. And train your mind to stay concentrated on something. Which is so hard. I mean, like, it's hard for me. <clears throat> I recognize that, you know, like distraction is a is is a real struggle for me in my mm-hmm. prayer life, in my day-to-day life. And I think it's because of the things I just said. You know, like, right. um, you know, this, de- this device in my pocket that I carry around with me, it's like tugging at my concentration. It, 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 
tears it away. Um, and so it makes it more difficult. Yeah, he says that passions and vices relax our attention. It scatters it and lead it, leads it astray. And that, and that our passions and vices injure the judgment in, the, in roundabout ways, uh, of which Aristotle and others have scrutinized these type of uh, distractions and, and reasons of, of being mm. able to do so. But so I, I really liked how he says that passions and vices relax our attention. So it's a, you know, it's not a, uh, it's not a positive. It's like a negative, you know, right. like it's, it's a, taking away it's from taking a, away from a, from a good. Yeah. It's taking away from a good, like evil, like evil is a deprivation of right. the good. Right. So right. like these, vi- these vices and passions take away from something that is good, uh, and, and, he- and relaxes our, att- I, I just really like that idea of relaxing our attention mm-hmm. because what happens, I mean, this, we've talked about this, uh, on the show before, but you know, like what happens with King David when he relaxes his, his concentration of being a king, Bathsheba, Bathsheba, like he, here he is, he's supposed to be going out to war and he's not, he, he decides not he's, to, he's, he shirks his duties, he's shirking his vocation, right? He's shir- shirking his vocation, shirks his duties and goes out to go have a leisurely evening. And what does he see? But Bathsheba. Mm-hmm. And this is where uh, I think a lot of temptation arises in men is when we're not concentrating. Yep. Uh, And this also kind of goes back to an episode that we talked about not too long ago on watchfulness, right? Like not being uh, attentive to our thoughts. Not being vigilant. And vigilant leads to these types of sins. So anyway, he he gives, those are the kind of the common virtues. He then talks about uh, virtue proper to the intellectual life. The spirit of prayer and the discipline of the body, which we'll get into uh, on the other side of the break. Very good. For over 35 years, Select International Tours has been planning pilgrimages all across the world, and they've been doing that for a reason. Yeah, if you guys have listened to our show, then you know that we just got back from Ireland. Uh, We used Select International Tours to book our pilgrimage to Ireland. Everything went just great. It went exactly how we planned it. Right. right? In fact, one of the pilgrims uh, said that it was his the best pilgrimage he's ever been on. Right. I mean, so the thing is, they know what they're doing. If, if you want to go on a nice pilgrimage uh, that's really, you know, oriented around experiencing the Catholic faith um, in some of the most historic, most important sites all over the world for the history of our faith, go to selectinternationaltours.com. They have pilgrimages going everywhere in the world all the time, just because you know they, they do it so well, everybody wants to use them. That's right. And if you go to selectinternationaltours.com slash catholicmanshow, you'll be one of the first ones to know when we're planning our next pilgrimage, which spring or summer 2024. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Yeah. So go to selectinternationaltours.com slash catholicmanshow. We want to thank Select International Tours for being a sponsor of our show, The Catholic Man Show. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles here with Adam Minahan. We're talking about the intellectual life and why you need it, and why it's absolutely necess- uh, necessary for holiness. Indeed, right. That's that's the whole point. That's that's why you need it. Right. And we'll get into like I I I, I love this, but we'll get in we'll get into this a little later. But about how different vices of the intellectual life lead you away from actually hol- holiness. And uh, anyway, we'll talk about that here in a little bit. But so he, he so uh, again, we're we're referencing the intellectual life, its spirits, conditions, and methods. It's a book. Uh, it's forwarded by uh, James, uh, Father James Scholl, which is a uh, rest in peace, a, a intellectual giant of 
the twentieth century. Uh, he was he was phenomenal. Uh, mm. He 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 forwarded several of uh, at least one of Joseph Pieper's books. Uh, wrote a lot in Nova Verita. Like he he was just a just such a solid man. Um, anyway, so I also wanted to discuss this tonight because I want to challenge men to really take seriously and concentrate on how can I continue learning more and getting out of this idea of apathy or slothfulness or complacency and really challenge men to get together and have a book club or put yourself on some kind of reading schedule. Do something. Do something. Engage your senses. Engage yeah. your intel- your intellect to- and push yourself. And, and Because this is what actual leisure is, right? Pieper talks about how uh, leisure is 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 like what is school, mm-hmm. is like this is the Greek word a school. Yeah, it uh, means that's what it that's is. What, that's what it, it means is. That. And, yeah. and so it's it's learning new things. And like if you're if you're a guy who is working uh, hard, you come home, you, you you try to be a good dad, try to be a good husband. You feel exhausted at the end of the night. You you catch TV for a few or, or scroll on your phone for a, an hour or two and then get up and do the exact same thing and you feel exhausted the next morning like you're the guy I'm talking to and challenging you to to change and consider changing and uh, a- adopting this intentionality this of concentration of, yeah. of of a reading schedule because ultimately what ends up happening and you'll you'll find this out once you get into the thick of it you feel more. Excuse me. You feel more at rest. You're you're more restful. Mm-hmm. Well, while you're while, while you're, you're doing lear- it, while you're right. learning, while you're learning, right? It's not like your whole life you're gonna like have more energy because you know you you read Plato. But, no, but you, but you will actually find that you're able to rest more because you you have true leisure instead of just like downtime. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, which downtime is actually anxious because that's ultimately right. you know that it's like oh. It's sort of like when you wake up and you know your alarm's going to go off in five minutes. And mm-hmm. so now you're like, oh, I need to sleep for five more minutes. And you're like trying to sleep because right. you know here soon I'm going to have to get back to work. Right? right? That's downtime. It actually doesn't make you any it more It actually doesn't give you any rest. Right. But that, leisure does. That's exactly right. Um, and so uh, if you're also looking for something, uh, our our patrons, we have a book club that we we meet with we're actually reading leisure the basis of culture <laughs> uh currently we're going uh through that and it's it, it's great so if you're looking for something we, we do a book club for our patrons but yeah you really do have to schedule this i mean you have to you have to be intentional about it um and you know, like I, th- I think you and i have both made this change in our life in the last couple of years correct um i've made mine a little bit slowly but um it, it has been really beautiful because i remember i used to think like when I talk to these people who would read these books, and I would say, "When are you reading? Mm-hmm. When when do you do that?" Right. Um, and I thought that I just cannot do that. You know, I don't have. I physically, mm-hmm. I guess I'm busier than you. And actually, that's not that is not true. I, uh, I I've learned that those people who are reading books, they're actually some of them much busier than me. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I've incorporated these things into my schedule. Somehow I find that I'm actually, I have the time to do it. Uh, plenty of time, right. actually. And uh, uh, again, it's not like sitting down for three hours to study. Mm-hmm. This is not what we're talking about, right? The, uh, it could be even just 30 minutes. 
sure. you know, 15 to 30 minutes and start off there. So anyway, so he talks about, uh, I want to get into this because uh, he, he talks about before he gets into virtue proper of the intellectual life, he says there's enemies of knowledge. And you should be aware of these enemies of knowledge. First is sloth. He mentions this first. Yeah. And he says, it's the grave of your best gifts. Ooh, I like that. The grave of your best gifts. That's nice. Uh, I mean... I mean, that that kind of... It, it, wording. A, I like the wording. Yeah, it's a word. It's it's a great wordsmithing. I don't but, like the thing. But but it's 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 a little bit of a twist in of the knife, right? Yeah. Uh, that it's the grave of like the Lord, and this is we've talked about this on the show before too. But uh, something that on your final judgment, the Lord will show you all the all the graces and gifts that He wanted to bestow upon you and He desired for you. Yeah. And you said no. Right. You just never accessed them. Right. Uh, so uh, enemies of knowledge is sloth, sensuality. It makes the body weak and lethargic. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is what we see in pornography. Uh, completely, we see men who are uh, a slave to porno- uh, pornography, and uh, their appetites just yeah. That you actually lose your vigor, right? Yeah. Uh, and then and another one is is pride because it, it darkens your intellect, right? Uh, envy. So these are a lot of the 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 capital sins. But then the last one is irritation. And he says it repels hmm. criticism and comes to grief on the on the major rock of, of error. Like so, what is the vice of irritation? Well, uh, so he's he uh, he. This is something that I <laughs> uh, that hit home with me a lot because, like, right. uh, a lot of times I'll take if I take on a position and I feel like this is the correct position, and then there's somebody who is making a compelling argument against my position. Like an intellectual argument. An intellectual argument, yeah, uh-huh. uh, against my position. I still feel like that I'm right, but it's like just because I can't articulate it doesn't mean that I'm not right, you mm-hmm. know? Uh, but I have this irritation with the person and not the argument itself. And I'm irritated about the person. Yeah. Uh, and then this get, then that gets into more of uh, an emotional argument and not a logical right. argument. Sure. And so... Uh, yeah, how many times have you left a situation, I think everybody has done this, in the moment, ugh, the irritation, I can't. And then, like, you get home and you're like, why didn't I just say this and this and this? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, okay, now that I can think clearly about it, it's so easy. Mm-hmm. But when you're irritated, it isn't. Yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, again, another reason why fasting is so important when you subdue, subdue those type of uh, appetites and desires, you're able to control those things. You're able to control your emotions even better mm-hmm. to be able to see the true, to see the arguments, to see to su- su- kind of suppress ne- like some of your emotions in that moment to be able to logically see the like the arguments. Yeah, totally. Um, okay, so then he gets into uh, virtue proper. You know, to the intellectual life. Okay. Which we've talked about before, actually. We've talked about this before with Father Gregory Pine, who is a perfect man to talk about this <laughs> this topic with. Because uh, if everyone has a vocation to the intellectual life, he has two. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. A uh, phenomenal uh, episode. If you go back, you can if you go to thecatholicmansion.com and just type in Father Gregory Pine, you'll see I, we've had him on several times. All of them have been wonderful. Dig. Yeah, totally dig. Uh, and... So it's the virtue of of, uh, uh, of studiositas, studiositas, studiousness, mm-hmm. um, and so this is a sub virtue of, of 
of temperance, which we've talked about before on the show. Uh-huh. I, I like that it's like it seems very fitting that it's a subvirtue of temperance. Yeah. Uh, off the cuff, if I w- didn't know this already, I would have said maybe prudence. I would have said like justice. You know, everything's a subvirtue of justice, though. Virtues can be subvirtues. Subvirtues, rather, can be under more than one virtue. Uh, it's properly, you know, Aquinas will say it's like, oh, it's properly under this one, mm-hmm. because that's like mostly what it is. Mm-hmm. But it also belongs to others as well. Yeah, I, I don't think it's like 100% one thing right. and not, right. doesn't bleed into other things. But uh, its essence, you know, is most like this other one. Yeah, so studiousness is, is you know, desiring and, and, and uh, preparing your mind to learn new things, right? And, mm-hmm. and, and to uh, cultivate a uh, habituation of study. It's, I think, probably what a, a good definition, a working okay. definition. Yeah, I like it. Can, you, can we work with that definition? I, I find it satisfactory. Okay. So he says that there's two different... Uh, Vices that are opposed to studio, uh, studiousness. One being negligence, which is I think a lot of a lot of what people yeah. uh, experience. Right, they just don't do it. They just are, are negligent to to studying. I'm glad he put. Sorry, I'm just looking ahead. Curiosity on here too, because uh, yeah, I think that that's an important right. So then then the other so to compare you know, it to if studiousness is is the middle uh, virtue. Then one extreme is negligence, meaning you just completely avoid it altogether. Mm-hmm. And then the other side is that, uh, which requires prudence. So this is why it, it falls into multiple different right. uh, virtues. But the other side is um, is is curiosity, mm-hmm. right? Vain curiosity. And this is where he actually he makes this uh, very profound, I think, argument on ambition. And he says actually ambition. Or this vain curiosity um, is is a hinder to the pursuit of knowledge and is not the is not the intellectual life. Hmm. He and like so this is almost like an intellectual match masturbation, if you will. You know where you're just like trying to spout off to make yourself sound smart uh, for just the sake of sounding smart, right? Which I we've probably all fallen into this. Uh, trap before, right? When you learn something new and you're like, oh, I can, I'm going to sound very smart. Well, here. I'd like to disabuse you of that notion now. Right. <laughs> it's going immensely. <laughs> um, but anyway, so we're out of time on uh, the radio. If you go check us out on thecatholicmanshow.com. Subscribe to our podcast. Give us a review. We'd love the, oppor- uh, love the opportunity for you to review us and, and uh, help promote the show. Please do. Uh, we're on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass. And cheers to Jesus. Cheers. So, but anyway, so he's ta- he's talking about this uh, ambition, and he says that uh, that it is uh, it is completely useless for its results, mm-hmm. and that again, it's not uh, an act; it ceases to be an act of the pursuit of knowledge. So, if you're yeah. if you're like trying to learn something just for the sake of learning it, so that way you can hold your hold that knowledge over somebody else, or um, yeah, and and I think it could even be more than that. I have moments where and i think this happens to everybody too you're doing a task and then something comes up and it's like oh i wonder what the you know what is that tree over there well let's look it up Mm -hmm. you know and all of a sudden like you let this stupid curiosity derail you from an important task 
Mm-hmm. You know, and sometimes you know you know you're doing it on purpose, and you're willingly because I'm more interested in looking up this trivial thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like it's in many ways I also view it as the pursuit of trivial information as opposed to the pursuit of essential knowledge. Um, you know, it's the same kind of thing, and what it does is it's uh, it's this it's also akin to sloth in this way that oh I'd rather put off. What I'm actually supposed the to do. hard That's the right. thing I should be doing because I find it arduous right. and it's like all but and, and it's it's very sly because it comes wrapped in this knowledge like oh uh, learning bow you know this package of learnings like well I was uh, reading about the red cedar you know the eastern red cedar. I was learning about that, so that's yeah, fr- from that's Lebanon. intellectual from from Lebanon because it's biblical. It's biblical, so and it's about how to make honey too, because it's about like the gospel. Turns out the bees. <laughs> Actually, uh, we are getting ready to have bees, Adam. You know, and I, bees are crazy. They are. They're. They are like nuts. We're not going to talk about it, right? Because that would be the very thing that we've just been discussing. <laughs> but just so you know, they're, they're off crazy. the chain. Yeah. So anyway, so he says the order of the mind must correspond to the order of things, and reality hmm. rises us towards the divine. I knew that already. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm so, so smart. So he he talks about how though studying uh, at the expense at the expense of our spiritual life is a fool's game, hmm. and is something that. Uh, People who enter into like deciding that they're going to start taking the intellectual life seriously uh, run into a lot because yeah. uh, when you do start learning more and more, and you realize the more you learn, the the like how little you actually know, and then it, it becomes kind of intoxicating, right? Of learning more and more and more, and you're drinking from this water hydrant yeah. type of thing, uh, and then you end up neglecting your other duties. Uh, namely, sure. neglect like there's a, a a veneer of oh I'm I'm learning more about God mm-hmm. and then you, but you're not being with you're not right ha, you don't have a relationship with him yeah meanwhile you're not loving anybody right um, the, and the so flip, the flip side of this is like uh, there's a, another side of this coin I think when people start learning philosophy or uh, they encounter it maybe they don't have a desire much for it and there's this kind of reaction is like who cares. This isn't like, how is this going to help anybody? You know, and, and one of the things you'll hear is that all philosophy is practical, mm-hmm. right? That it all um, applies to your life, and that and and that's true, right? And so, if you take that too far and think all like all of this learning and knowledge, distinctions, distinctions, the more distinctions I can make, the more practical it is. Right. Well, uh, that may be true. At the right time and for right. the right reasons. That's correct. But not all the time because, well, you also need to, you have a vocation that calls you to do a variety of things, not just one thing. Right. So the next thing he talks about is the spirit of prayer, which is uh, crucial and a hinge on this the intellectual life. But he says that every study is a study of eternity. And this is properly ordered, right? So every study of truth yeah. is the study of eternity because we will be in, you know, in eternity uh, in front of the beatific vision, hopefully, you know, God willing and, and mm-hmm. with your cooperation. 
uh, you'll be in front of the beatific vision for all of eternity. And you'll just be contemplating the whole time, right? The beatific vision. You'll be, like, contemplating, studying, like, absorbing, receiving. Being a part of. Being a part of the, the beatific vision, the trinity. Uh, so he says, on this earth, uh, on this side of the veil, anytime that we're studying truth, we're studying parts of eternity, which I thought was just That's true because it, fascinating. The, the truth is the truth. Right. It's not, it's not like an expiration date on it. Right. But he also, but he says, intelligence only plays its part fully when it fulfills a religious function. That is, when it worships the supreme truth in its minor and scattered appearances. Hmm. So, like, you know, there's truth all over the place, you know, and every, like, it's like, what is uh, trigonometry? Like, how does that reveal God? Yeah. Right? Well, there is truth in that. And, like, every seventh grader it has, has, has that. asked this exact question. Right. Like, this is dumb. Right. Um, but there's truth in that, and there's beauty in that, and thus there's a little sliver of 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 your creator in that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so, uh, anyway, plus so, you need it. You need it in real life, right? Uh, so he says, for fully awakened, uh, for for the fully awakened soul, every truth is a meeting place, which I th- think is really cool. It's like it's almost like a, a little mini adoration, almost. Uh, without, with I mean, that's a big caveat, but without the yeah, whole yeah, Eucharist, yeah. but because uh, uh, <laughs> there's people anyway. So anyway, he, he talks about how like it, it actually awakens the soul. It awakens your appetites when you re- receive this truth, right? And, and like, you've experienced this, right? So you, you, you come to a, 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 a fuller knowledge of something and inside like your emotions or your appetites, like this endorphin is released in you and you realize how good this is, how true this is. Uh, and it's into- almost intoxicating again. Like, mm-hmm. like it's like something that you, you want to just... Uh, receive and just be like engulfed in yeah no i know what you mean um i mean go sit in adoration for an hour for 52 weeks you know one w- once every 52 weeks you know or once a week for 52 weeks and tell me that doesn't happen to you mm-hmm. it will um so but he says but he, he makes this uh warning that as you continue growing in your intellectual life you cannot equate that growing in your intellectual life and growing in truths will not correlate with growth in your prayer life. It's a really important point. Which I think is, uh, yeah, I think that's a, such an important, because you can sit there and grow and learn and learn, and all of a sudden it's like, okay, well, the more you the more you learn, the more you can love, the more I love, the, the closer I can come to God, uh, the more that my, my prayer life should be enhanced. It should right. be, like, better. And he makes this... He, he, he claims, he says, like, no, that's not, like, you cannot correlate those two things. Uh, and a lot of times, like, this is just my opinion. This is not him. Like, I'm deviating now, and this is just my observation. But a lot of times, men who are very intellectual actually have a very dry prayer life. Hmm. Uh, and this is me talking to the, t- talking to different people, right? The men that I have talked to who, have, who are very intellectual, they have a very dry prayer life. Now, and I think that that's grace from God uh, that they, he gives them a dry prayer life for their humility, right? Because God has given them certain gifts 
you know, namely right. to 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 understand and and convey knowledge, which are often public gifts. Which are uh, yeah, because as a teacher, like if you if you're uh, you know just a a man of of the intellectual life, and you're a professor, you're in academia. Your job is to give me truth. Like your whole job is to teach mm-hmm. the truth to right. others, uh, and that you know there's a there can that could be a some soil of the growth of pride because sure because you you not think that it's my it's my knowledge I have all the truth I have all, like this is me that that's being able to convey this and so sometimes uh, the Lord gives these men dry prayer lives uh, so that. They continually search, and it humbles them, and they know that it's not their doings, but mm-hmm. God's. Right. So I think that's a good correlation, because like as you continue growing in your intellectual life, hopefully you start reading more, and you start uh, you know, looking into new things. You, you, I know that I thought that was, that was correlated, right? And I was almost expecting that. Uh, and so that's just a, a good cap. Well, I read all of Peeper. I should be able to pray better now. Right, yeah. I should have much more leisure right jesus um, where are you right eli eli lemma sabachthani <laughs> why have you abandoned me <laughs> uh so 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 again so he's talking about uh, like there's core virtue common virtues there's uh there's like virtue proper to the intellectual life okay yeah, part yeah. of the intellectual life it requires uh, the spirit of prayer and then he, and then the last thing he talks about is the discipline of the body. Discipline. Discipline of the body. Thank you. A discipline of the body. He says, Aquinas says that uh, to a good bodily constitution corresponds to the nobility of the soul, which is mm. just kind of a fancy way uh, of saying that, you know, the way you uphold, like how you hold your body shows kind of your outward reality show, in, uh, reflects the inward reality of, of who you are. That's the way it works. Um, and so he, he talks about how the importance of the active life and the, so that you have the contemplative life, the active life yeah. and how they both, you, you need both. You have the religious life and the lay life is, you know, like kind of how we would say it today. Right. right. So, yeah. So he said, well, um, no, uh, like you can have well, a, a good works, like doing out, doing good works as the active life. Whereas the intellectual life is the study. Um, yeah, if you mean by good works, like, you know, just like your, your duties in life. Yeah. Yeah, like, but it's, I, I was, I under the impression anyway, that often they equate, oh, the active life is like people who are in the world doing like, like things. Whatever where, your state in life it requires right, you to yeah, do. Yeah, and that the intellectual life is often referred to as like, they kind of equate anyway with religious life. Right. Yeah, that's, Yes. Uh, so, but uh, there's th- this intellectual operation that takes place in the continuity with and independence of the active life. So, like they both require one another, right? And and mm-hmm. and we see this uh, in our like, at least in my like, I I've seen this in my own life where I've gone and read something and like I had no idea what I, what I actually was read. Right? It's like okay, that was great, Gary Lagrange. I have no idea what you were talking about there. Mm-hmm. And then I'm over here chopping wood, not doing anything, but just in there, a mundane task of chopping wood. And as I'm, you know, chopping this wood, all of a sudden I realize, oh, 
That's what he was talking about. Like, this is what he was talking about back when I was reading this. But mm-hmm. it's because I, I took, you know, I was... You took it from the intellectual into the active. Into, into the active. And the active helped the intellectual. Yeah. It's a good example. Um, so anyway, so he, he talks about, like, so he gives a few few suggestions. Uh, I'll just go through them and then I'll let you have, if you okay. have any, like, uh, commentary, feel okay. free. Okay. So a few suggestions on the discipline of the body. He says, like, have, have sound hydri- hygiene. He says this is actually an intellectual virtue. And I think this is uh, very important in his time. Remember, this is like 17th, 18th century uh, in France. And like there was this whole notion at the time where there were intellectuals. And it's like, I'm just such such an intellectual. I don't even have time to comb my hair or bathe or anything like that. I'm just so deep in my thoughts and my work. That I don't have time to take care of myself, you know, to, to, you know, to have proper decorum. Okay, well, you don't. Nobody wants to be your friend. I just want you to know that. You know. Right, but I mean, this is this is what like true, and and this is like a a uh, uh, something that a lot of intellectuals have to overcome. I'm not. Did you like, smell how bad he is? He is so smart. He's just got to be smart with how bad he smelled. I I don't know if you've actually experienced this before, but this is. This I is, have not. Okay, I mean, this is a real like a, a still around today. Yeah, yeah, even even today. All right. Uh, like a lot of uh, high academic people, like a lot of times, like they have. It's almost also like a a like a uh, prestige thing. It's like, oh, I didn't even have time to you know get dressed properly or fix my hair. I mean, properly. I kind of know what you're saying. Or like, or have I have this five o'clock shadow? And it's like I just didn't have. Listen, I didn't have time to do that. I was so involved in my work and my studies that I. Didn't I just have assumed time. that it was like actually okay. Yeah, you're really smart, and there are consequences. Like everybody only gets so many chips, and you have a lot of your chips on the smart side, and almost no chips on the social side. Okay, like you don't understand a lot of times when. Like maybe there are social things you have no clue about, and that's why you don't realize that you need to shower every day. And like yeah. you would be doing it if you understood anything about social settings. Right. And that's just not where your chips are. And you're really good at the other other stuff, right? Like right. you can you can math real good, <laughs> you know, but you don't know how to tell a joke. You cannot tell one. Right. So I, I kind of assumed a lot of it is that. That well, I think that oh. they just literally don't know. Yeah. So, uh, so he so he says, uh, sound hygiene. He says, live as much as possible in open air. What does he mean by that? Like out like, outside, outside, just get be outside. outside. Yeah. Uh, be free to play. Again, leisure. Mm-hmm. So far, like it's funny because none of these are about like you. You might have thought it was. Oh, do something so that you're ready to study or, you know, so that blah, 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 blah. So these are things that would actually take you away from studying so far. Uh, yes, but also in help. But, pre- but prepare you, right, yeah. So you're well-rounded. So you're rested. You're not fried when it comes time to right. do it. Right. Uh, he says every day you should take to exercise. He says those who do not find time to take an exercise must find time to be ill. <laughs> That's hilarious. Which I thought was really funny. That's, that could be a good t-shirt. Yeah. Uh, 
Uh, easy manual work is precious both for mind and body. Again, it goes back to like chopping wood, right? It's good for the mind and body. Like, like just kind of monotonous. Yes. I uh, like doing. I know this is weird. It might sound strange. I like doing monotonous tasks, like chopping wood, right? Or, or mowing the yard. Mowing, yeah. Like, I don't know. There's just something about it. Like, if, I don't know if you've ever had to stuff envelopes, mm-hmm. where you just are kind of doing the same thing over and over and over again. It's only fun in short intervals, mm-hmm. but I do enjoy. Like, I'm just sitting here. What are you doing? Like, I'm. You know, I'm doing something. But I'm, I'm just sitting here doing it, you know? I like it. This is why uh, smoking brisket or smoking pork loin is awesome. Because mm-hmm. you're just sitting there. Yeah, I'm doing I'm, Well, I'm busy. Yeah. I'm busy doing something that needs to be done. Right. And I'm just going to sit here. <laughs> uh, he also says, look after your diet. And he also says, pay attention to your sleep. So this is these are things that also, as we are going through Excess 90 in your you're creating these... Don't you feel like all of those could be in the like a New York Times bestseller... Like, like right, right, right now. I mean, Jordan Peterson could rip this right. off right well, now. So and in fact, here's the the first one reminded me of him. You know, uh, what what was the first one? Uh, the first one was sound hygiene. Okay, yeah. So th- I don't know. For some reason, that just reminded me of him saying, "Make your bed." Right. Every yeah. day, you know. So uh, this is yeah, New York Times bestseller. Uh, you you could easily do that. Yeah. So, but he talks about. So first, he talks about you know the obvious things of disciplines of your body, meaning fasting and like you know. Uh, you know, subduing your appetites and, mm-hmm. and desires. But he says, like, these other things are actually, like, how you cultivate an intellectual life because you're preparing your body. And, and he says, like, you may not think you have time to do these things, but these are what actually help you do the things yeah. that you're supposed to be doing well. So, you know, like I, we mentioned, uh, you and I have kind of incorporated a little bit. I don't want to, you know, put. Port- Make it sound like you and I are, you know, intellectual, Dude, no rigorous. Let me tell you, you're nobody right. thinks nobody that. thinks that. There's not one person listening right now. That and if they do, Jim like, is over here laughing at us. He's been laughing at us this whole episode. If someone does think that, you need to listen to more episodes of our show, right? Okay. Um, but what I have found in incorporating that a little bit, right? You know, like okay, a setting aside a time to read, or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, actually. There's something about having it on the schedule that helps me be more efficient. I find that I waste less time. And that's like one thing that I realized is that, oh, I feel like I'm so busy because in in retrospect, I see I was wasting a lot of time mm-hmm. in little ways. Mm-hmm. And when I realize like, no, I have to I give myself a deadline or, you know, because I, I'm, I am setting time aside to read, I find that all of a sudden I have made time to read Mm -hmm. and I stop wasting time in little ways along the way or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Um, Or that some things simply don't need to be done. It's, it's, it's a strange combination of, of different things, but um, I'm not failing to do anything. And yet I've somehow made time to read. Maybe it's just God's grace. I don't know. Uh, But no, that's that's I'm the way firm, I, I've seen it in my own life happen. Yeah, I'm a firm believer in uh, being intentional. In the in this book, he talks. He says like, vocation is concentration. Like vocation, hmm. like whatever your vocation is, that it, it is concentration. It requires concentration. And so, 
when you have a an ordered life that is ordered properly towards your state in life where everything seems to like be structured like some there's structure uh and, and you still allow yourself time I think order is the most important the most important thing in life the um, having things well ordered if you have things well ordered everything works the uh the older that I get the more I realize that uh that I do have time to study and that by studying it weeds out things that I actually don't have any business doing anyway. I don't need, yeah. I don't need. And it's funny that like, oh, now that you have five kids, you've found that you have time to study. Right. Okay. Like, like, when like you had, when you had what two. happened when I had one? Right. You know, like, uh, I was not, let me tell you something. I was not getting up and reading in the morning uh, the first five years of our marriage. Sure. You know, and, and I had. And you were exhausted. And I was exhausted. And you were much younger. Right. <laughs> right. So I had all the things going for me. So I, I I don't know I think that it is incredibly important in our, our day and age to learn more about our faith yeah. to learn more about reality because uh, RCIA as good as it is even if you had the best RCIA class if you a Catholic convert even if you had the absolute best in the nation it still is not enough it's, it's that's not it, what it's, it's supposed to be it's anyway. a launching point right right and and if you've been a, a cradle Catholic your whole life. Uh, you still have not plummeted the depths and beauty of of the the church's wisdom, and in this day and age, that's going to require men to have some chests, like to to have backbones, and mm-hmm. to uh, stand up for certain principles, certain truths uh, that seem to be under attack these days. Uh, it is going to like it's not all about physical confrontation but we're, we we have to be men of the intellect yeah uh, and, and we have to stand on the truth and i'll tell you like um you know you and i haven't been in these in this we're in this great books group now mm-hmm. it's been a little over a year you know that we've been mm-hmm. that we've been doing that um so not a long time Mm-mm. but it has really changed the way i think and it's changed many of my opinions like um the di- dialogues of socrates mm-hmm. um I found some of those like, wow, I've never considered this idea. And now that I am considering it and hearing Socrates' arguments for it, I find them very compelling. And um, I can see just how it changes the way I view myself in the world today. Because you're coming closer to reality. Right. And, I, and um, I'm very comfortable with that. Like, Even though I realize that the, my new view of myself in, in the world demands more of me mm-hmm. um, I'm, I'm reassured in at the same time that because I know that I'm standing more firmly on the ground yeah uh, I may over the next you know couple months uh, refer back to this book uh, and make some more more episodes on it because uh, this was just one chapter basically. Oh really? Uh, of the book, like he has a whole chapter on the organization of life, on the time to work, the field of work, how to study. Like he ha- like he goes through all these things, and it's not just for priests uh, and monks, but it's for the lady as well. Uh, and he makes this understanding and preparation for work, like how to prepare to work well. Coffee uh, and create into yeah. the chapter. Yeah, <laughs> spoonfuls of honey. Um, uh, and then, like making time for creative work 
and like how work in relationship with man. I'm sure that he, he, uh, uh, John Paul II, you know, pulled a lot of stuff from him whenever he he wrote. Did uh, he? I, I think so. Whenever he wrote the encyclical on the human dignity of the worker, mm. human. What is it? I don't know on Latin. I forget what it labor and hum, of the humanity. I don't know. There's guys out there that are thinking. <laughs> you know, humanity and labor and yeah. Latin and, and dignitatum. Man, yeah. Humane, dignitatum. Vitae. Miliaris. Quidus, vir. Yeah. Quidus. Quidus veritas. Yeah. Um, okay. Jim, wake up. Um, <laughs> Jim, you could not stay awake for even <laughs> one and a half hours. <laughs> Um, anyway, that's all I that's have. That's a Palm Sunday joke, everybody. <laughs> uh, that's all I have. I, I, I hope that it, you know, um, moves you to to be uh, intentional and to have concentration. What do you think? I think it's great. I didn't lose focus for one minute. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out you're a liar. <laughs> I actually did get distracted on some of your notes while you were... Th- oh, yeah. I should be paying attention. I'm, I'm supposed to be... I'm part of the podcast. I'm not in the audience. <laughs> what? <laughs> yes, concentration. Yeah, uh, I completely agree with that statement. <laughs> Could you run it by me one more time? Right. <laughs> well done. Well done. So, <clears throat> actually, before we go, let's. I, I want to talk about the practical. Let's just talk about the practical side of this. <clears throat> so, somebody says, okay, I get it. I believe you. I want to incorporate it, but they just feel very busy and they don't know what to do. Um, what would be your suggestion? Because I think you have to, <clears throat> you have to first. Well, my suggestions pick not, a time. My suggestion is not going to be a fan favorite. That's okay. <clears throat> nobody, that's not nobody cares about that. Let me. Well, let me let me guide you. Let me ask some questions okay. and get your feedback. Okay. Because I think what you need to do first is you need to decide a time. You need to schedule it. It's got to be on your calendar. Mm-hmm. Afternoon, evening, or morning. Mm-hmm. What's your What's your suggestion? So, what I was going to say, with the it, caveat that obviously it's got to work for your schedule. You know, like yeah, it's it going to be different for, pe- right. for different people. But. Um, what I was going to say is, if you ask me, like, what what's the what's the one thing you need to do? Uh huh. Uh, go my, to bed earlier. Go to bed earlier. I knew it, and I totally agree with you. Uh, like, and that's like the hardest part because you waste all the like. If you want to talk about what what are the minutes of your day where you are just wasting time the most, and I don't mean like in a real leisure kind of way, right? You're not, you're not talking about like, and we're not even looking at utilitarian purposes, but like, what is uh, like the time that is not leisure mm-hmm. is not either work or leisure. Where, where's right. the sloth, where's the sloth or the cedia? Right. Is it the show that you watch in the evening that probably takes the Lord's name in vain and probably is a slow drip on darkening your intellect and like leading you down the slow and easy path of hell? Is it that show right. that you like make excuses for? It's like, well, it's not that bad. And they do pray. There's the one character they've got a there's a priest in the show or what? Like. Right. Is it is it that show or is it the movie that does all the same things? Mm-hmm. You know, or you know what what is it? Right. Is that the thing? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like yeah, th- you probably shouldn't be doing that anyway. You know. Right. So, I will tell you that when I made the decision 
that I'm going to bed early. And you go to bed, you go to bed like... I go to bed early. Early. Uh, this is... Like I've, your kids actually put you to bed. <laughs> good, good night, daddy. <laughs> um, Sleep with the angels. Yeah. Rise with the saints. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do go to but when I made that decision to, to do so... Uh, it totally changed the way I lived. It totally changed the way I lived my life. Okay. And you've been doing it for like six months, a year. How about long? A year, about a year. Okay. Uh, where I've been going to bed, you know, about 930. I'm in bed at 930. Can you believe, I mean, everybody used to do that. Electricity is not that old. Right. Okay. And, uh... It's just weird to think about that. Mm-hmm. Everybody just went to bed. When when it got dark, mm-hmm. you couldn't do anything. Right. So you went to bed because right. you didn't want to like fall, stumble around your house. Right. And I get up about 5, 5.15 every morning. If I go to bed by 9.30, I can be asleep by 10. I can get up by 5 and I have seven hours of sleep. You know, as long yeah. as, uh, you know, over the last about... Five weeks has been a little bit, bit of a change since I have a With newborn. Baby, yeah, uh, because I'm up a lot more. Than you should that. really try contracting narcolepsy, because mm. then you could go to bed at what'd you say nine thirty mm-hmm. and be asleep by like nine thirty three. Right, that would be awesome. And when I say asleep, I mean REM sleep. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, but I'm able to get up and like you, the my prayer life completely changed at this point because I get up. I read uh, the Divine Office. I read mm-hmm. Morning Prayer. Yeah, and right now I'm, I've been reading. Yeah, obviously been reading Exodus ninety prayers. Uh, you know the uh, Exodus, reflection. Yeah, the reflection that Exodus and, and, and the and Gospel and, and the reflections on that. And the Book of Exodus. Right. Um. So and I give give myself opportunity, obviously, for silent prayer, and then I'm able to read for basically uh, an hour and a half. Before I, I I move on for mm-hmm. the with my day, and the amount of uh of, of what you're able to do in an hour and a half, and I I, I make sure I have either my phone on uh, do not disturb or I have it away from me. I do I I make sure it is not around me, uh, or does not buzz. But it's amazing how much you can actually read. Oh gosh! If you have an hour and a half a day, a day? Oh, you could read like books. Right. A week. Well, and this is why, uh, you know, I'm reading Leisure of the Basis of Culture. We're reading Homer. I'm reading this book. I have yeah. three books that I that I typically have going on at, at one time, but it's because I have, like, I, I, I block off like an hour to an hour and a half a day to read. Uh, and it has totally changed the way I just live my life mm-hmm. for the better, uh, by far. If you start. Your morning in prayer, when your mind is fresh, and it's, uh, uh, you know, you give the best part of the day to the Lord. And here's the other benefits. is like, if you're going to bed that early, there's no way you have time to do the dishes, okay? So you don't have to do those anymore. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> all, all of our dishes are done way before then. Yeah. So. Yeah. You, but you do have to, though eat you have to like make sure that like your whole schedule has to be 
like on track with this, you know. So yeah, I mean, obviously, and this is something you have to talk about with your wife. Right? Yeah, right. To make sure, like, right. Yeah, that's that's an important point. Is that you cannot try to do this without without your spouse being on board, mm-hmm. and that if and you'll find if your if your wife, uh, you know, like buys in and wants to do it with you, uh, the prayer time together in the morning is beautiful, mm-hmm. um, and your wife ends up. You know, enjoying that time of, of peace and quiet before the, the chaos of the day with kiddos and everything else it is very refreshing for for her as well. Yeah. So I I, I, I don't know um, if somebody asked me like, hey, there, there what, are other ways to do this too. I mean, it doesn't have sure, to. Sure, I be, mean, there's, there's other men. There's men out there who are your schedule is is you know everybody I'm just, you know, has their own schedule. So I appreciate your perspective. Yeah, I mean, it. listen, because honestly, uh, I think the morning is there is an advantage to that. Just a natural advantage. Um, you're not distracted with things that are going on. Like um, nobody's cut you off in traffic yet, um, right? There's just nothing that's happened. You haven't to read you. the angry email yet, you right? Haven't. Exactly. You, you're starting off on a, and it's still dark. There's something also about it's beautiful, actually. right? The the quiet peace mm-hmm. of doing things before the sun rises, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and then it, if you think about it. Then you go to and have breakfast or something, or you start work, mm-hmm. and you think like, "Wow, I've already accomplished so much, a lot today." Now, and it sets you on a good footing. Now, what you have to worry about is, at least for <laughs> again, the Catholic Man Show is all about like things that are just happening with us. This is not like advice. We're just talking like, about us, right? Like what we're, we're just, doing in our own lives, right? We're not, we're not, we're not saying this is the only way or this is the perfect way or anything like that. Except but, it is exactly what you should but, do. But um, one thing that I have found that is it is a temptation for me that I, that I have been, have been combating basically for the last you know few months. The drinking be- be- right away. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> uh, before, uh, before at least John was born, uh, whenever I was sleeping regularly and having, you know, uh, good sleep was, I was actually getting up even earlier. I would get like, I would wake up like in the middle of the night, like at three, three thirty, like to go, to the restroom or whatever, and then be like, "Well, I'm up. I'm just, I'm I'm just gonna stay up. I'm gonna get four hours of reading today." Right, and I I mean I've done that, but then you end up being too tired, and then yeah, uh, you know, at six o'clock in the evening, prudence and temperance right. hit you again, right? And, you're like, and, and Dang when it. when those two things when they hit you, it hurts. <laughs> okay, I'll just tell <laughs> it's you, it's a one two that is just like a you ever been you ever right been hungover? Yeah, temperance, baby. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So temperance drives an SUV. At least that's, right. that's not a Prius. That's something that yeah, that's something that I have learned. <laughs> that's a gym joke. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's something that I have learned uh, the hard way. Those are the best things. Those I mean, like, well, they're not the best things to have learned, but you learn but them I'll, well. I'll, like, you learn them well. There are several times where it's like, oh, it's our, it, I mean, it's four o'clock. I might as well get up. I'm, I don't want to go back to bed for an hour. I'll just get up. And you get up. See, Adam, like that's just such a different mentality that you, you have now like somehow adopted from snoozing. Yeah, to 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 know. Because you, no you used to be a snooze guy, right? Oh yeah. You know, like oh no, five more minutes, right? You know, it used to be oh I just I just want five more minutes, and now you're going like I don't. I, what am I going to sleep for? Like only one more hour. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, just one hour. Okay. I, I, I might as well stay up, yeah. you know. 
Isn't that funny? It's a very, it's a how very, they, it's a very different. Oh, how the turntables have turned. <laughs> oh, how the turns have tabled. <laughs> we should stop. We should stop. Now. I was trying to stop 20 minutes ago. Yeah. I got to get to bed. 